0: Have you ever taken a close look at your habits, your happiness, your relationships, or your health, and thought, there's got to be a better way to do this? Well, welcome to Simplify. I'm Caitlin Schiller, and I'm here to tell you that if you've had those thoughts, then you have found the right podcast. So, whether we're talking TV shows, 10Ks, or books, we tend to attach a lot of moral value to finishing what we start, which is how I, dear listeners, ended up reading both books one and two of Don Quixote de la Mancha from cover to cover, in Spanish, in Spanish. Never make my mistake. Nobody needed book two. But anyway, here's the thing. It turns out that there is a way to take a shortcut without missing any of the action. On this episode of Simplify, Ben talks to speed reading expert Abby Markspiel about speed reading and how it applies to other areas of life, like trips to the museum. So let's hear Ben and Abby Mark Spiel on some simple strategies for getting the most out of your chosen content and the surprising zen of speed reading. After the interview, Ben and I will do a quick recap of the highlights and we'll make a very meta book list so you can read more about reading well. Alright, let's cut to the good stuff. Here's Ben Schumann Stoller and Abby Mark Spiel.
1: So thanks for coming onto the podcast. Can you briefly introduce yourself with your name and uh, title of choice?
2: Okay, sure. My name is Abby Mark Spiel. I am a speed reading expert. I am also what I call a reading ambassador that I really want to work on helping people maximize their reading and I feel like I'm the one that could spread that word as an ambassador.
1: Cool. Reading ambassador. So what's your story? How did you, how did you get into, I, I know on your website there's a story that involves a fortune cookie. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you can explain that or, or another story of how, how you became a, a speed reading expert.
2: Um, It kind of happened kind of naturally. So way back when I was growing up, I would say I was not the person that loved to read. And when I went into college, I was definitely not the person that loved to read. I never understood why anyone in their right mind would want to read a newspaper on a daily basis. I just didn't get that. I was like, why why torture yourself with that? (laughs) And um, I went through college all four years. I went to Boston University. And um, I really struggled with trying to do the reading assignments. Um, I was never one to pull in all night or just to read because I felt like it was a waste of time. I would read things and then not remember them. So, like, what was the point? And then after I got out of college and worked for a couple of years, I saw an ad uh, for a company that was looking for people that had a degree, were willing to travel, and that they would train you, but it didn't say what it was. <laughs> but I applied because it was, that was where I was at at the time. I got the job, and ironically or not, I think it was Divine Intervention, what it was is a company that trains college graduates to teach kids in private schools speed reading and study skills. And so I learned their program. The company was called Readak, R-E-A-D-A-K. They're still around. Mm-hmm. And it was just for you know grades 5 through 12. Mm-hmm. And then um, after I stopped traveling with them after two and a half years, I said, what do I want to do? I said, you know, I think I want to make this into something for the older set, not just for younger, but for older. So that's kind of how it all started. It was 1988 when I finally made that decision to do that. Wow. I will say I did uh, get a master's degree in adult learning, which also was very helpful um, because I, I understood better how people learned and kind of took all of the things that I had been learning about reading and put it together with educational purposes.
1: So how would you describe what speed reading is? Because when I, for example, told my girlfriend I was talking to today, she was like, yeah, you know. Uh, great. <laughs> you read yeah. you, you read fast, and I was like, "Oh my God, you have no idea what speed reading is." I was like, "She actually has no idea what speed reading is." Um, so, how would you like? How do you describe it?
2: That is a great question because I have been trying to describe it or change it for the longest time in a way that people would understand. Um, I would say that that speed reading is really about a mindful and conscious set of effective strategies. That a person chooses to apply to their reading workload or not, that enables them to get what they need quickly without wasting time, with the best amount of concentration, concentration, and then retention.
1: Well, that—that's. Were you reading that? That was really good.
2: No, no, not reading. <laughs> I've been doing this a while. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, Thank you. Well, because yeah, and it—it and it hits on this thing that is, of course, bigger than reading, which is like not wasting time, you know, getting the most out of something, not getting caught up in details and focusing on what's actually, what what they want to get, what's essential, what the, you know, what the kernel is, what the pearl is. So how do you, how, do, how does that, what does that have to do with speed reading and how do you do that? How do you teach people to do that?
2: So when people think of speed reading, they unfortunately think about you know, like literally putting your finger down the page like every 20 seconds or 15 seconds and then going to the next page and the next page. It's not about that, although that's what some people think. They think speed reading is reading War and Peace in five minutes and knowing it's a book about Russia. That's, you know, Woody right. Allen's quote, which I can't, I can't stand, by the way, but of course I use it because people understand it. Right. Um,
1: or like words per minute, right? When people say like, oh, what's your, what's your words per minute or something?
2: Yeah, and and it's not about thousands of words per minute, because that's really superhuman. That's not what most people can do. The average reading speed of the average person is around 250 words per minute. Some are faster, some are slower. This is without any training. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 250 words per minute is not that much when you look at the quantity of reading material that we have on paper and on screen. right. And so what speed reading really is about is how to really get what you want out of the material that you choose. I mean, you can't read it all. Oh, my gosh, the amount of books that are published per year, the number of magazines that are published per year, the number of websites that print material. I mean, you would never sleep (laughs) and you'd never get through it all if you really tried to read it all. Even if you had speed reading skills, I mean, it's like the brain would go on overload. Yeah. And so it's really about being really uh, selective on what it is you want, like your reading pile. It shouldn't be the whole library. Mm-hmm. It should be, you know, maybe the 10 things that you can read per month. And those 10 things are things that really are of value to you.
1: So it starts even before the actual reading.
2: Oh, totally. It's a thought process.
1: It's a thought it's, process. It's an
2: intention. It's a mindful, conscious, active way of approaching your reading. It's like I always ask myself when I have time to read. I have I have a stack. I have material to read, and I look at the stack and I go, oh, "Okay, which of these things resonates with me the most? Which one do I want to read?" Hmm the most. And I will put that to the top of the pile and I will read it. It doesn't mean the rest of the stuff isn't valuable to me. It's just like, what What do I feel like right now? What is the most important, most useful, you know, based on what I'm going to be doing and how much time I have? And it, it's just like, okay, why am I reading it? What do I What do I need it for? And decide which one to do.
1: This is also interesting because sometimes speed reading is misunderstood as like a stressful tactic for somebody who has who has too much to do and so they're like oh if only i could speed. you know i i'm taking the speed reading course because i'm because i because i'm a bad time manager basically right um but there's something as you describe it that's like zen about it that's actually it's a mindful thing it's about letting go of the fact that you're you're not going to read every book every word on every page so you have to know what you actually want to get out of it right so why do i want to speed read
2: then I love the word Zen, by the way, that was perfect. <laughs> I'm going to keep that. <laughs> so the question is, why would you want to speed read? Yeah, because we don't have enough time in our lives not to what speed reading really does. The physical part of it is it focuses our attention. Because speed is forces you to have attention. Like I use the example of walking versus running. Mm-hmm. When you walk, you can talk to a friend, you can chew gum, you can kick a can, you could eat, daydream, you know, as you can do all those things and you're you won't get hurt. <laughs> let's just say. <laughs> but the minute you start to go faster, let's say you start jogging or even running in that same path that you were gonna walk, now talking is more difficult. Chewing gum is probably not a good idea. Kicking a can won't be very possible easily or effectively. Mm-hmm. And daydreaming, you better not because you're going to fall. You're right. going to miss something. You're not, you know, it's so speed immediately takes out all that stuff that we normally keep in our heads while we're reading and it forces us to focus on where we are. And I think that's the biggest thing, honestly, is people need more focus, especially now in this uh, day and age of ADD kind of Twitching with their phones and computers, and they're, they're constantly being pulled somewhere else. And so it's just very hard to monofocus.
1: So what are some examples of what people do when reading that they should not?
2: Uh, sitting in a really comfortable place.
1: <laughs> <laughs> really? If
2: you're reading for work, for work or school, let's just say, if it's for, for a purposeful educational purpose, uh-huh. sitting in a really comfortable place will not allow you to absorb a lot of that typically. So, like, if you're studying, it's best to be at a cleared-off table. Um, If you're just reading a novel, go anywhere you want. You could be in bed. You could be on the beach. It doesn't matter because that is a relaxing place. Mm -hmm. So I would say um, I see that a lot, that people have too much stuff in their environment when they read, so they're distracted. They keep their phones on. um, The TV might be on in the background. You know, something like that. It's like you have to set the environment up for successful concentration.
1: So what's a really uncomfortable, what's your favorite uncomfortable sitting or reading situation? Are you like a big stand-up desk person or is it more like sit on a bed of needles and then, or like, a <laughs> st- you know, I don't know,
2: turn the chair For upside
1: me. down and sit on it that way?
2: <laughs> well, it has to be comfortable enough, right? but it can't be too comfortable. And think of, of the way that most people learn. They learn sitting upright at a desk or table. They don't, learn, you know, in a very comfy chair on a couch in a, you know, a recliner chair, something like that, where we learn is sitting at a cleared off desk or table. For me, it could be my dining room table or kitchen table. If I do it at my desk at work, trying to read for content, Mm -hmm. it's not easy to do because there's too many distractions between my calendar, email, the phone. And this is where I do things at my desk whereas if i move to a different place that's why people go to the library because yeah, yeah. it just takes away you know it takes them away so, so for me it's removing myself from my regular workspace to do real content reading
1: hmm. it's so it's so interesting because it's all you know we've talked about all this stuff without even getting into like techniques inside of the exactly on the page <laughs> um my one of the favorite ones that I've used is um, I don't use the card technique, but you should explain what that is. But I've I've done the um, what did you call it with the indenting on each side of of the of the page two thirds underline two thirds is that the one where you were you from the from the right side and the left side you sort of start about a thumb's width from each line
2: yes yes um, I call it like two thirds underline where you don't go far left far right but you take like one finger or two fingers even, your index and middle finger could be together, and you just kind of start about a third of the way in the line, and you your hand goes under the line until about a third to the end. So you're really only underlining about two-thirds of it. And, and then you, you zigzag and go back and forth. Your eyes go far left, far right, but your fingers stay in the center as it goes line by line. I hope that makes sense to people listening. Right how
1: does why does that work
2: well what it does is a keeps your place when there's a lot of words on the page you want to have a have a place keeper and that's why using your hands or a card on the page is really so valuable but using that one that one is good provided that you're not pointing to every word you have to slide your hand back and forth across the page you know so that you're you're like zigzagging down the page
1: mhm not and not like not sort of going tut 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 tut, tut, tut tut right
2: Right, you don't, your fingers under the line should not be pointing to one word at a time. It should be like sliding so your eyes are following your fingers as they go.
1: Okay, and the card or the hand trick is fun because it's not what you expect. You don't cover the bottom of the page as you go. Right, right. so
2: people think, when I ask people in workshops, I say, so, so here's a white card and here's some reading material. Where would you like to put the card? And unanimously, it's like, put it under, under the words. And I go, okay, this hmm. is great for kids when they're learning how to read but as a seasoned reader someone with a good sight vocabulary that doesn't help you're it's a, it's like putting a fence in front of you every time you're trying to walk forward and so using the card above or on top of what you've already read you have the straight line of the card and what it does is it forces you to read line by line, but it, but the tendency to go back is a lot less because it's covered. And it pushes you down the page. And so I personally love the white card method.
1: That's pretty cool. Yeah. Why, why does... But so what's up with the brain? Like why <laughs> <laughs> Why does the brain always want to go back? Why can't it just kind of keep going? I think
2: it's. I think it's partially... It's this need to get it right. I think our teachers... All of our elementary school teachers basically said, if you don't understand it, go back, double-check yourself, make sure you get it all. And so we're so used to doubting ourselves and thinking that we need to go back. And what this forces you to do is, A, go faster, which is what you need for focus, and B, it forces you to learn to trust yourself more. And that helps a lot.
3: Hey, guys, real quick, quick break from the interview to say one thing.
0: All right, one thing. So if you joined us mid-season around, I don't know, David Allen or Joel Fearman time, you may have missed our first episodes, which were also pretty cool. We talked to Dan Savage, who was a relationship and sex expert, super famous dude, everyone in the U.S. knows and loves him, maybe even outside of the U.S., check him out, and Gretchen Rubin, who is a habits and happiness expert with whom I had a really fun conversation. Um, and then episode three was David Allen, who is the productivity guru. So if you missed out on those because you joined us a little bit later, A, welcome, we're so glad you're here, B, go back and check it out. You might learn something cool. Yeah.
3: Thanks.
1: Let's get back to the interview.
0: Thanks.
1: Which of the sort of bad habits that you mentioned have you personally struggled with?
2: I would, I would say all of them. I mean, I'm, I'm just like anybody else. It really is. It's a, I, it's not as difficult as it used to be, but I still have to be active and mindful whenever I'm reading, like, why am I reading this? What do I need it for? Um, What strategy do I want to use? How much of this do I really need to read? So, I mean, I'm just like anybody else.
1: How do you, how do you turn that off when you're reading for work versus when you're then, you know, then you pick up the novel? Like, how do you switch that off? When when reading, does that make sense?
2: Yeah, but I don't. So reading a novel for me is a very different thing than reading nonfiction. With a novel, there are times where I want to quickly go through the descriptor. You know, it was a grassy field and on a on a on a breezy day, and and the bees were buzzing and the birds were chirping. You know, it's like okay, just get me get me to the good stuff. I want to know <laughs> what's happening. So I'll read. I will quickly speed read, quote unquote, speed read through those descriptive passages and then when it gets to what he said and she said and they did i will slow down because i want to really understand and hear in my head what they're saying so Hmm. it's it's like a gear shift it's about shifting your gears depending on what you're reading what you want it for some people love to read fiction really slowly they just literally just they stay they chew it is the best way yeah, I can. Do. Yeah. And that's okay. Cause it's a choice. And other people are like, I want to get through as many books as I possibly can in my lifetime. And they just wanted to speed read them all. So it's always about a choice. There's always a choice here. It's not about just cause you know how to speed read that you have to speed read everything.
1: Hmm. W- what about speed reading? Have you found you apply to stuff that is not speed reading? What, what from speed reading can we apply to life and get more out of it?
2: <laughs> so, Uh, I'm laughing because um, if you ever go to a museum, there's always these placards up on the wall, you know, that describe what the picture is about or that statue. And so by learning, I use this concept called keywords, reading keywords, I can quickly get what I need and move forward and go to the next one, go to the next one. I could probably go through a museum in half the time as most people at this point, because I, I read the keywords that's up on the placards. And so, so in real life, that's, that's, that was just one that kind of came to mind. <laughs> no, that's
1: good. So, but the keywords are, I, I heard this episode of your podcast, so I'm, I'm like, a, I'm like an expert on this now, basically. Go ahead. Keywords is something that we also teach people at Blinkist to pay attention to. I mean, you mentioned in your podcast about, and also in the book, um, look for longer words words that the sentence seems to be seems to be the most important word in the sentence Mm -hmm. we go even one more easier step which is like look for anything in bold look for something with a number next to it that could be like part of an outline Mm -hmm. you know look for um look for the things that the publisher or the author was clearly trying to draw draw your attention to without even you having to find it Mm -hmm. you know
2: Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's it cool
1: um can i ask you a couple more like uh just quick ones
2: yeah you're yeah i love it go ahead
1: okay so um what's the what book did you last read
2: what book did i last read oh my uh well so in in uh another part of my life i have become a homeopath i'm not All right. sure if, i'm not sure if you know what that is a lot of people don't yeah for sure it's huge here yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad it needs to be more huge here in the United States. And so the books that I read primarily are all about homeopathy. So when you ask me that, I'm like, I'm gonna say a name of a book, and you guys aren't gonna know what it is, or no one's gonna care. So uh, I don't well, know. Now you, you
1: definitely, to. now you definitely have to say it.
2: Now <laughs> it's called the homeopathic treatment of depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, and other mental and emotional problems.
1: <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like something I would want to speed read.
2: There you go. And it's actually very good. It's a good read and I'm enjoying it. So, But there's a lot of reading in homeopathy. And I will say right now that I would have never, ever become a homeopath if I was still that college student that hated to read. Because since becoming a homeopath, I've added two bookshelves into my home because there is so much reading to do. And so because of my reading skills, my upgraded reading skills, I feel so confident attacking that. That didn't scare me at all about becoming a homeopath. And so that, that's that been a great benefit for me. Wow. So,
1: so this could also have to do with homeopathy if you want. But what are what are three books you, you did not write, but that someone should read if they want to know more about, um, I guess, about speed reading or homeopathy? <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, one is called The Unlimited Power, Anything by Tony Robbins. Yeah. Uh, for anybody that has any self-esteem issues, um, want to just empower themselves, I think uh, his books, Awaken the Giant Within or Unlimited Power, are just very valuable for mm-hmm. people. It really gives people mojo. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like The Power of No by James and mm-hmm. Claudia Altruz. Altru- Altru- Altucher, I think, I'm not sure how to pronounce their name, but um, I also teach time management. And I think the ability um, and confidence about saying no to something is so empowering. Because Hmm. you're basically saying yes to yourself. And um, it's a a really life-changing concept.
1: What does simplification mean to you? And could you tell me about one way that you can simplify something in your life?
2: That's a great question. Simplification is... Getting rid of the things that aren't important and trying your best to spend time, like 80% of your time using the Pareto principle, 80-20 rule, that you spend 80% of your time on things that are important and valuable to you and only 20% on stuff that's not. We all have to suck up <laughs> to a certain extent. Certain things, family obligations, work, you know, tasks, things like that. But if you can pretty much spend your life on eighty doing 80% of the things that you really enjoy, I think that makes your life simpler because it, it allows you probably to say no more easily and it allows you to have more happiness in your busy days.
1: That's a good one. Uh, what's something that you've that you've learned that is actually much easier or simpler than you thought it was originally?
2: That's a really
1: good question.
2: I'm going to say, I would say it it happens regularly whenever I have to change software or like Hmm. have a new computer, you know, there's always the learning curves that go along with it. And there's tons of, uh, you know, the frustration factor that goes along with it. But a lot of it is more in my head than it is in reality. It's, it's just knowing that I know I can do this. I've done it before. You know, most of the time it's pretty intuitive. I just need to have patience and have time i just need patience and time and i could probably learn almost anything
1: you also have this confidence that you can learn stuff though i mean this confidence that it i mean maybe from speed reading maybe not but like this ability to say yeah well whatever whatever this chunk of information that i either have to conquer and learn how to use in my life or read through or something like you seem to have that attitude of you know i can handle it i can figure out what i need in it
2: Yes, but I will say that my first year of study of homeopathy, after the first year, I really seriously questioned it. It was not easy to comprehend. Um, Hmm. And then there was like the bolt of lightning, and it was just, (laughs) all of a sudden it was like, oh, I get it. Okay, I can do this. (laughs) Um, But it's not always easy, but I will say that there are these moments of of epiphany (laughs) that come, and it's like, okay, I can handle this. Right.
1: (laughs) All right. Then last one. If you could boil down all of your speed reading expertise and homeopathy passion and expertise into one sentence or one principle, what would it be?
2: So I'm going to go back to a tagline that I have um, that what I like to do is to help people work smarter and faster and feel just plain better and those are those are the things that i think are so important for people to to kind of get to that next level of satisfaction in one's life to be smart to work smarter faster which the reading is a part of it as is time management and then to feel better which is the homeopathic part
1: well that's a good that's a seems like a good note to end on <laughs> that's really good <great.
2: laughs> And thank you. This was really enjoyable.
1: Good. Then thanks again for your time and
2: um my pleasure. We'll talk soon. I hope so. Take care, Ben. Thanks a lot.
0: Welcome to the bookend, where we end with books. A bonus one.
3: The last one this season.
0: You you got to speak to speed reading expert Abby Marks Beale. What was the one takeaway from this interview that everyone should remember?
3: Okay, it's really simple and it's really cool. And it's this people think of speed reading as like that scene in The Matrix where Trinity calls Tank and he's like, operator. And and she's like, I need to learn how to fly a B2X1 helicopter or something. And he like uploads it into her brain how to fly it. Mm -hmm. Like people think speed reading is with your finger on a page, like, I got all the information, I got the whole book. Mm -hmm. But it's not like that. Like, it's about knowing what you want out of a book and then knowing how to find that information. That's the key, what do you want to, What do you want out of a book and how do you get it?
0: So what were the questions that she asks to figure that out?
3: Right, there's a couple questions, but the main one is the one that I remember and the one that I take away is why am I reading this? If you ask why am I reading this before you open any book, you'll already be closer to being a speed reader. You'll already read faster.
0: So cool. By the way, that also prevents you from picking up books that you wish you'd never read.
3: Yeah, exactly, that's exactly.
0: So, why did you want to speak to Mark Spiel?
3: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a, this is kind of a podcast about books, and we did our six episodes, and all of our listeners are big book people. Everybody likes the bookend because it's books, 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 books. So it's kind of a treat, I think, to talk to a speed reading coach. And um, oh, Abby Mark Spiel wrote this fun little book, uh, the 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 Ten Days to Faster Reading, and. It's full of little approaches and techniques that help me read. So I just thought it would be something like we could share with our with our listeners.
0: Nice. It's the perfect bonus episode. Yeah,
3: perfect bonus. Oh right. And we should recommend her book, Ten Days to Faster Reading. Can we go into books a little bit already?
0: Sure, we can do that.
3: Okay. Yeah. Because it was interesting that she mentioned Tony Robbins.
0: Yeah. He that guy's everywhere. He's he's everywhere from Abby Mark Beal's bookshelf to Netflix.
3: Are you have you done any Tony are you a Tony Robbins fan?
0: Uh, I'm not, I'm not a convert yet. I started watching the Netflix documentary and he was not what I was expecting. He's yeah. really intense. Yeah. Mm.
3: But yeah, he seems to reach all sorts of different people.
0: Yeah. It's funny the people who, who, who latch onto his teachings, it's kind of unexpected sometimes, but I think that's kind of what his power must be. Mm. Anyway, this is about Abby Mark Beal right. and her reading list. It's not about Tony Robbins. Sorry, Tony, we'll get to you soon.
3: Hopefully. Call us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Then books. I can recommend a couple of good books about reading if people are interested. For example, How to Read Literature Like a Professor by Thomas C. Foster. How Fiction Works by James Wood. It's kind of a classic. Mm-hmm. And then there's um, a classic from 1940 called How to Read a Book by Mortimer, Mortimer J. Adler and Charles Van Doren. Um, the cool thing about the last one, the, 19, the book from 1940, How to Read a Book, is it shares this idea with Abby Mark Spiel of pre-reading mm-hmm. and making sure you know what a book is about before you open the book.
0: Is there... Anything about that's not about reading exactly? Did you pick any others?
3: So, yeah, I mean, it, this is like I just want to recommend this book to people who like words and people who like ideas because the Elements of Style is by Strunk and White, William Strunk and E.B. White, and it was first written in the 1920s. It covers like it kind of looks like a grammar book. It covers like log, like how to use a comma, mm-hmm. um, but then there are other chapters about logic and how to structure arguments. Ooh. And when you get into that and you actually understand it, then you start reading others' works in a different way. So reading other books, scanning for the argument, scanning for the logic. And I really like this book.
0: Oh, you were obsessed with this book.
3: Yeah. I had, I'm going to keep, kind of keep going about this book.
0: You got 20 seconds. I
3: had a teacher <laughs> in high school who once told me, who like told everyone in the class, if you keep this bud, n- book next to your bed, read a page of it every night, you can be like a professional writer or have a professional life as a writer. And it kind of happened. I mean, I yeah, write stuff. You do. So thanks, Miss Collins.
0: Yeah. Aw, thanks, Miss Collins. That's yeah, nice.
3: Yeah. I once bought 10 copies of the book, no joke, for The Office, mm. but they're gone. I, th- I hope that people took them <laughs> home and read them, but I don't think so.
0: they are probably like shimming up people's dining room tables right now. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. Yeah, I've used it too. It's reputation is deserved. My dad gave it to me when I was, I don't know, 10 or 12. See? Yeah.
3: So that was it. That's the last bookend. All right. Are you sad?
0: I mean, I feel a little melancholy, but I know that there will be more good books to come.
3: There are a lot of other books in the world.
0: The podcast glass is half full, Ben.
3: <laughs> I'm excited to take a little break.
0: Yeah? What are you going to do?
3: Make season two. <laughs> I
0: thought you were going to go to, like, Maui and cool out on the no. beach or something.
3: <laughs> no, I'm no. going to Sicily. Oh. But actually, we're going to make season two, right?
0: We're going to make... Well, I don't know. Do you guys want season two? That's mean. <laughs> <laughs> we are absolutely going to make season two. I'm already excited about it, and we have some some plans and schemes
3: yeah. So in the meantime, everybody can read the books about reading, which are exciting, and read Abby Mark's book, 10 Days to Faster Reading, because then you can read all the other books about reading faster. Mm-hmm. And then we'll be back with like a crazy new set of guests.
0: Also, for those of you who joined us a little bit later in the season, maybe there was a particular author you liked and it attracted you. The first couple of episodes are pretty awesome as well. The earliest three, what were they? They were Dan Savage?
3: Mm-hmm. Who Gretchen is
0: uh yep? Dan Savage is a sex and relationship advice columnist, super famous in the U.S. Gretchen Rubin, who is a happiness and habits expert, and David Allen, who is the productivity guy. So if you missed any of those, start back at the beginning. It's a very good place to start, as Maria von Trapp would say.
3: <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's un- let's get end out it here. <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening to Simplify. This episode was produced by me, Caitlin Schiller, Ben Schumann-Stoller, Nika Mavrodi, and Odie Constantino, who volunteers for bankrupt cities, repairing the streetlights, vacuuming library carpets, and serving as a crossing guard for children on the way to school.
3: He's a great, he's really a great guy.
0: Really stand-up citizen. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, if you enjoyed this episode, or feel you learned something, uh, we ask for the last time this season to please consider sending it to someone else who you also might think will learn something, or just enjoy it. We're really grateful, again, for all of you who who took us way beyond what we were planning in terms of how many people were going to hear about this podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And please keep leaving us ratings and reviews on all the places. PocketCast, Apple Podcast, Overcast.
0: (laughs) Etch-a-Sketch. (laughs) Etch-a-Sketch. All right. Simplify is made by the same people who make Blinkist, a learning app that takes the world's best-selling nonfiction books and condenses them into a focused little capsule of audio and text You can listen to or read in just 15 minutes.
3: Right. We made another unique voucher code for this episode. It's for 14 days free. So if you want to try Blinkist, go to Blinkist.com slash friends. Use the code MONOFOCUS, which you heard in the interview. That's one word. M-O-N-O-F-O-C-U-S. MONOFOCUS.
0: Awesome. You can email me and Ben at podcast at Blinkist.com and let us know what you've been reading lately. And to... Tell us what we should read next and who we should interview for the next season of Simplify. Yeah, I yeah, mean, let us get in touch. Know. Give us feedback. We would love to hear from you.
3: All right. Well, this was really fun. This was, was a fun was. season.
0: It was. Thanks, I'm Ben. I'm happy. Me too. All
3: right. Then, Hooray. in the meantime, be good. This is Ben and Caitlin. Hi, Caitlin.
0: Hi, Ben. Checking out.
3: Checking out. Bye.
0: Bye.